this morning, if you open your Bibles with me, we're going to be in the book of Galatians. Uh, Galatians, I'll give you a little bit of background. Galatians was written, Paul, right? He wrote a lot of, a lot of it, a lot of the New Testament. But uh, Paul, Paul wrote the book of Galatians, and Galatians is the earliest written letter from Paul that we have. Um, Paul writes this, this letter to the Galatians, and he addresses a problem that the church was dealing with in, in Galatia. Uh, see, Paul had come to them. He preached the gospel. He left, and then the Judaizers showed up. Last, last service, they booed. They booed the Judaizers. But, but we, don't need, no, we don't want to do that, but last service, there was some booze. But the Judaizers, the Judaizers came in, and they added a bunch of unnecessary stuff to the gospel. They came in and said, well, Paul gave it to you for free. Now we are here to tell you what you need to do. And this extra stuff, the list of things to do, it took away from the freedom that Christ paid for. Uh, have you ever seen medication commercials? <laughs> I'm judging. Yes, you have. So you don't even say it's just laughing. So you know where I'm going with this. But, uh, but medication commercials, they promise, hey, you can be healed of this. And then there's that legal Judaizer voice <laughs> says, if you deal with this, 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 and this. Here are all the side effects. Right? The gospel is not that way. The gospel is good news, no side effects. The gospel is good news, no catch. There's nothing that you have to do other than receive. You reach out and grab hold of the gospel. Like that good news? Yes, that's for me. There's nothing else. Good news. Yes, mine. The freedom that Christ paid for in, in Galatia was being replaced by a list of rules. And their freedom in Christ was being suffocated. Paul asks earlier in the book of Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you? Who's fooled you? Or who has cast a spell on you? Other ways of saying that. And we look at this and we say, well, how could they do that? How could they be tricked so easily? <laughs> but the thing about people, the thing about us, is that we tend to back away from lists or rules. I'm an American. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. I'll live my life. I'm free. Don't tell me what to do. I know what freedom is. It means you're not telling me anything that I need to do. And at the same time that we back away from lists, we also gravitate toward them. Because checklists and methods, formulas, to-do lists, those are all easier than relationships. But those checklists, that legalism, feeds carnality. And it feeds the things of the flesh. It did it to the Galatians, and if it did it to them, it'll do it to us. Because we're only separated by Galatians by time. right? Meaning, meaning they lived 2,000 years ago or so. We're living now. We dress a little bit different, and we have different devices. But human nature is the same. In the first four chapters of Galatians, Paul speaks of the problem. The church heard the truth and mixed it with legalism, and that led to carnality. It goes like this. We hear the good news. We hear the gospel, what God did, what Jesus did. Then we say, thanks, God. We've got it from here. But what's the solution? Paul tells us in chapter 5, starting in verse 16 of Galatians, 
So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature or gratify the desires of the flesh. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Live life by the Spirit by keeping in step with him. Verse 16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Paul's answer to the Galatians' problem of legalism, legalism that led to carnality, the answer to their struggles is to live by the Spirit. Paul tells the Galatians, and he tells us, the readers, the Holy Spirit is entirely sufficient to overcome their struggle. He's entirely sufficient to overcome our struggles, to overcome the desires of the flesh, to overcome the desires of our flesh. The Holy Spirit is entirely sufficient. Paul doesn't show up and be like, hey, they gave you rules, let me give you the real rules. No, he says, no, throw that away. He comes and he tells them, live by the Spirit. The word live in the NIV and other translations, I'm reading now the NIV and other translations, is walk. Live by the Spirit or walk by the Spirit. The word in Greek means like if you didn't drive here, like I mean most of you did, right? I hope, or got a ride or something. I mean, unless you live right next door, probably drove. But, but in this time they walked, right? So like walk, so everywhere you go, right? Everywhere you drive, everywhere you are, everything you do, your entire life, as you live your whole life, all the time, do it all under the influence of the Spirit. Paul addresses, here he's addressing compartmentalization or putting putting our lives into boxes, right? Like compartmentalizing, like, all right, well, I'll live by the Spirit of church. That's fun. Everybody else is doing it there, right? (laughs) But when I go, when I go and and somebody at at a restaurant, when the server is, uh, you know, not as fast as I'd like them to be. Oh, they're going to hear it from me. <laughs> or when I'm, when I'm, you know, in traffic and nobody can hear me, I'm, I'm yelling, you know. And... <laughs> I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Paul isn't talking about a singular en- encounter with the Spirit or, or a, an encounter with the Spirit in a certain setting. Being spirit-filled means we are spirit-filled all the time. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, there's nowhere in Scripture that says be spirit-filled when you're here and not spirit-filled when you're here. Show people who the Spirit is here but not here. It just says you're filled. Bible, the Bible just says filled, period. All the time, filled all the time. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Daf says that here all the time. Be, that means be being filled. The wording in Greek is be being filled. Constantly be filled. 
always be being filled with the Spirit. Man, I'm thirsty, which works out real. Because so if I was baptized in the Spirit a few years ago, and if I was relying on that, I'd be parched by now. Spiritually, I'd be dead. Right? If I was like, all right, I'm good. Just like last, you know, if I'm like, hey, last Sunday I drank some water. And you offered me water today. I'm like, no, I'm good. I had some last Sunday. <laughs> right? I, I, I mean, I had water like 10 minutes ago and I'm thirsty. I need water every single day to continue to be filled, to continue to, to, to live, to continue to, to live my life. I need to be filled with the Spirit every single day. Every single day to live my life, I need to be filled with the Spirit. And in order to live life by the Spirit, we must surrender to Him. It's like a current. We can't fight the current. You just get in and let the current take you. You don't fight Him, you just allow Him to take you, allow Him to guide you, allow Him to lead you. He's not going to lead you to bad places. He's going to lead you to an abundant life, a life full, full and full and, and fulfilled life. The Holy Spirit must be the governing influence in our life. The entirety of our lives, all the time. When Paul tells us, when he says here, live by the Spirit, that's a command. He's commanding us to live by the Spirit. And that's good news because that means we can choose to do it. Right? Other places in the Bible it says eagerly desire or strive for. Paul doesn't say here strive to live a life by the Spirit or eagerly desire a life by the Spirit. He says live by the Spirit. Just do it. He says just do it. Just choose, live by the Spirit. Everyone can. It's a choice we make. Live life by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. A life marked by the Spirit does not satisfy the desires of the flesh. If your life is marked by the Spirit, your life will not satisfy the desires of our sinful nature. Live life by the Spirit by keeping in step with Him. Verses 17 and 18, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Contrary and in conflict with each other, they are opposites. They're pulling separate ways. And I can't, just like I can't walk through that door and that door at the same time, I have to choose which way I'm going to go. So if I choose a life by the Spirit, I allow Him to lead me. And where He's going to lead me is much better than where I'm going to go lead myself. This is, man, this is the sinful side again. I did it last time, and I said, all right, if I follow the Spirit, <laughs> I won't, I won't, where, where He leads me is much better than where, where I would lead myself. Live life by the Spirit. Our sinful nature wants to lead us in the opposite direction. Yield to His influence in your life. Allow Him, allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life. Follow His leading. Live life by the Spirit by keeping in step with Him. And Paul says, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. There's no checklist. There's no rules to be followed. There's relationship and there's guidance. As the Holy Spirit becomes active and present in our lives, it becomes more evident His influence can be seen, and it will be seen. We operate out of a changed heart. When I accepted the Lord, the Holy Spirit came and resides in my heart, resided, started, took residence in my heart, 
and my heart changed. And I started acting different. And the more that I, that I allow him to work on my heart, the more I express who Jesus is. <coughs> As the Holy Spirit changes our heart, we act more and more like Christ. <coughs> his holy influence in our lives guides us and gives us the grace to walk in Jesus' authority. to express to the world who their Savior is. We have been tasked with showing people who Jesus is. At Heritage, we say we're an ever-increasing ever increasing expression of Christ in our community and in our world. And if we're an ever-increasing expression of Christ, to be an ever-increasing expression of Christ, we have to have more and more influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The more He influences our lives, the more we express Christ. Paul then continues in, in chapter 5, by listing the obvious, verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Paul says it's obvious. You know sin. When you see sin, you know it. He's saying it's obvious. You see it, you know it. Bad fruit smells bad, looks bad, feels bad, and if you get past all that and you decide to put it in your mouth, guess what? It's going to taste bad. Bad fruit does not exist in the kingdom of God. All these actions, these actions that Paul lists here, they flow out of the fallen human nature. They flow out of our, our desire, our fallen desires. Apart from the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, these things, these things listed and more, those actions, these actions are what sinful humans instinctively gravitate toward. We're pulled to it. We're drawn to it. Without the Holy Spirit, these are the things we're drawn to. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, these are the sinful and perverted manifestations of a holy act designed to be expressed between a married man and a woman in the covenant of marriage. A covenant made before God. A covenant that I made with my wife before God. We're drawn to that because we're made, we're made for that. And the stuff that Paul says our sinful nature, we, we pervert it and we make it gross and, and, and God wants to redeem that. And he, makes it, he created it to be holy. Idolatry and witchcraft. These are sinful ways which man tries to connect with the spiritual realm. We are spiritual beings. We are made, we have a spirit. We long to connect with our creator. We long to connect with God. And if God is spirit, the only way we can connect with him is spiritually. Without the Holy Spirit, apart from the Holy Spirit, idolatry or witchcraft, idolatry, right? These, those things, are, they're gross. They're gross. They lead to hurt, right? They lead, they lead to people, people's lives being devastated. But that's a, a sinful longing that we have. We have a longing to connect with some, someone and something spiritual. The rest of this list, 
for the most part, the ways mankind in its fallen state try to deal with hurt. We look for ways to satisfy our desires. We have gaping holes in our lives. We're like, man, like, how can I fill this? And apart from God, apart from the Holy Spirit, our ways in our fallen state, our sinful ways, they just lead to more hurt. Paul's answer, live life by the Spirit, by keeping in step with Him. Just as obvious as the manifestation of sin is, the manifestation of the Spirit in our lives is just as obvious. If bad fruit is obvious, you see it, you know it, good fruit is obvious. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Paul is talking about a singular fruit. It's not fruits, it's singular fruit. When you see the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit will look like this. And when you see these things, you will know that the Spirit is at work. And when the Spirit is at work, the fruit is the proof. You'll see it all. You'll see all of this. The fruit in our lives is a direct result of the governing influence of the Holy Spirit. It's not because we're trying, to, trying harder. I have an apple tree in my backyard. Sometimes I wish I didn't have an apple tree in my backyard. I have to trim it. And the, if you know, those things just go straight up. So you get this long pole out there trying to trim that thing. Right? And then it, it produces fruit. And then it all falls off the tree all at one time. And there's just apples. And then they stink. They go bad. And then, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that wants to eat it. Well, if you want apples in the fall, come talk, come talk to me. I got plenty. But that apple tree in my backyard, I've never walked by and heard that thing straining to make apples. It just, may, it just apples just grow on it. It's an apple tree. And because it's an apple tree, apples just grow. Christian character is produced by the Holy Spirit. Another word for fruit, if you go to the, the, the store, is the produce aisle. The Holy Spirit produces love. The Holy Spirit produces joy and peace and patience and kindness. And love is listed first, and that matters. When Paul wrote that, that matters. So when someone, when, when someone accepts the Lord and the Holy Spirit takes residence in their heart, and that fruit blossoms, that first blossom, they're going to start seeing and loving people differently. You'll see that. I experienced that. When I first accepted the Lord, I immediately started, man, people, people that I had wronged, I felt bad because I started seeing them differently. I started loving them where I didn't before. And I wa then I wanted to serve people. It was the first blossom was love. When you look at a tree, the fruit tells you what kind of tree you're looking at. When I look at my apple tree, I know in the fall, there's not oranges in it. I'm going to start growing on that thing. It's an apple tree. If that tree stops producing fruit, there's an outside influence preventing it from doing so. The seasons, the weather. Right now, there's no leaves on that tree. It just looks like a big stick bush. If I took that tree and I planted it in the Sahara Desert, it's not going to produce, there's no water in the sand. 
It needs water. It, it, needs, it, needs, it needs to be influenced. Not that it's trying, but it just needs to be influenced to produce fruit. Paul, speaking of the fruit of the Spirit, says, against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit, those who manifest that fruit, are expressing the fulfillment of the law. If Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, and we're expressing who Jesus is, we are expressing a fulfillment of the law. The fruit of the Spirit manifested in the life of a person is a greater expression of who Jesus is than anything we can do on our own. Any checklist, any rule, any law we follow, spiritual, ritual, anything. Manif- the, the Holy Spirit manifesting his fruit through us is a greater expression of who Jesus is than any of that. The Spirit reveals through us who Jesus is by his fruit. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Now, Paul here has been addressing legalism, leading to carnality, which means grat, to grat, which led to gratifying the desires of the flesh. Right? A good way of looking at like how that how that works is if I have a checklist, and on that checklist, it's like, don't cheat on my wife. Cool. Check. Now, then I go and I watch porn. I'm what what our our sinful desire, our checklist, what we try to do, we try to see how close can we get to that. How close can we get to that? Then Jesus says, well, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already, done, you've already committed in your heart. Heart matters. What's coming out matters. Those checklists, just, we, we tend to look at a checklist and we're like, oh, where's the loophole? Nope, I don't steal, but I cheat on my taxes a little bit. Those, those checklists, they feed, they feed our desires. They feed our sinful nature. Paul tells us that those who belong to Christ have crucified those passions and desires. And everything that led to it, everything that our, feeds our carnality has been crucified with Christ. Romans 6, verses 5 through 7 says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, so that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. We crucify our old life. Our old nature with Christ, we cruci- our old nature, we crucify that. And we identify with the crucifixion of Christ. And if the power of the Holy Spirit rose Christ from the dead, as we crucify our, our passions and our desires, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to raise a new life in me. If I identify with Christ's death and resurrection, I'm not identifying when I get to heaven. I'm identifying with that death and resurrection right now. Right now. That is for now. That is in my life now. It is in your life now. The power of the Holy Spirit raises a new life. The same Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost that raised Christ from the dead has given me new life. The same Holy Ghost that raised Christ from the dead has given you new life. The same Holy Ghost has given us new life as we crucified our old ways with him. 
Like, yep, all that stuff on the cross with you, Jesus. We want the new life you have. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Back in verse 15, Paul says to live or to walk by the Spirit. Here he says, to, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The wording here is like walking behind the leader, walking in line behind the leader. If you've been, if you've been in the military and you've been to boot camp, you know what it's like to march in line behind the leader. If you've been in a marching band, same thing. And when you first start, you're terrible at it. I remember, I mean, I think I'm like, man, we got yelled at a bunch for it, right? When I was in boot camp, you know, we, I'm, I'm sure we look terrible. We got yelled at a lot, right? I think everybody does, you know, when you first go. But, but I, I couldn't imagine what it looked like. Probably look, a bunch of hoodlums wearing a uniform trying to march together, right? Trying to follow this guy that knew what he was doing, and he was getting upset with us. But we were there, the longer we were there, and the more we did it, the more we kept in line, the more we practiced, the more we took those steps, the better and better it looked. So don't compare. If you've never walked with the Spirit, just start doing it. Yes. Right? Don't compare. Be like, oh, man, it doesn't look like a person. Well, yeah, that person's been walking with the Spirit for 50 years. Of course it's going to look different. Yeah. But you're still going to see the same fruit. Amen. The same fruit is going to manifest just in different ways. And they, trust me, the people that have been walking with the Lord for 50 years, they have the same struggles you do if you've been walking with the Lord for five days. Yes. There's just a relationship that they've cultured and cultivated. And that relationship matters, and that relationship helps them steer clear of the desires. They're sinful desires. We follow the Spirit one step at a time. Paul tells us to live life by the Spirit, but how do we do that? By keeping in step with Him. One step at a time. We walk with Him, we learn to trust Him, and we develop a relationship with Him. One step at a time. Live life by the Spirit by keeping in step with Him. In chapter 3 of Galatians, Paul explains or, or asks some questions that leads us to, to understand where our life in the Spirit started and where it starts. He says, starting in verse 1, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered? That word suffered there can also be experienced. Have you suffered or have you experienced so much for nothing? Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? In chapter 5 of Galatians, a little bit before where we were at, in verse 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Our initial experience with the Spirit comes by believing in Jesus, by believing what we heard. When we first heard the gospel, when I first heard the gospel, the Holy Spirit started tugging at my heart and saying, listen to that. Listen to that. That matters. That was what you're looking for. That gospel, that good news, that's what you're looking for. And he convinced me, the Holy Spirit convinced me that what I was hearing was from God. And I was saved. Our salvation comes by the Spirit. Our salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit. And our sanctification, our ongoing experience comes from him as well. 
our initial and our ongoing experience with the Holy Spirit begins with and continues by faith. Faith in who Jesus is. I heard Dav say, I heard our pastor say, know Jesus so that you can be filled with the Spirit. We have faith that what we see in Scripture, what we read in Scripture, can and will be present in our lives. We have faith that what we see in the book of Acts, the church in the book of Acts, what we see can and will be present at Heritage Church. Faith in who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God. And He is God omnipresent. He is the omnipresent, the ever-present, the always-present presence of God. He is, that is the Holy Spirit. Live life by the Spirit by keeping in step with Him. Make the decision. Walk in step with Him. He is good. He is good. When you submit and you get in and allow Him to take you, He's not taking you to disaster. He's taking you to life. Life by the Spirit is life. Living a spirit-filled life is what we, as spirit-filled believers do. Believers do. And here we honor his presence. We welcome his presence. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit. place so people come and meet the Lord and, and meet the presence of the Holy Spirit. And just a couple of questions. Are you walking by the Spirit? Are you living life by the Spirit? Are you trusting Him in every part of your life? Not just some, but every part of your life. Do you want more of Him? Do you want to be baptized in the Spirit? Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? And come. And come. I'm going to pray for you and you can go Please go get your kids. If you have kids here, go get them. Take them with you. We love them, but don't leave them here, please. But I want to pray a blessing over you. And then if you want, if you want prayer, we'll set this apart as a, as a place, as a set apart, as a holy place to meet the presence of the Lord. Lord, we thank you. And I thank you for your presence here this morning. 
we welcome you and we honor you and we reverence you. Holy Spirit, thank you for guiding our footsteps. Thank you for guiding our lives. Lord, I pray today that we would live a life led by you. And Lord, help us to see what our next step is. Holy Spirit, we love you. We're thankful for you. I pray a blessing over your people, Lord. Bless their week. Lord, bless their steps. Be with them. Guide them. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, have a great week. If you want prayer, please come down. We'd love to pray with you. Have a great week. We love you. Thank you.